Send a powerful message to those people who live in the past and tell them no more business as usual and no more repeat performances because we're going to make America great again. Hey everyone, welcome to yet another episode of Two Noobs Talking. Uh, actually, you know what, Johnny, now that I think about it, let's make it Three Noobs Talking one more time, shall we? Why not, right? Yeah, we like Steve. So. <laughs> With me, Thank of course. enough of me. Absolutely. With me, of course, is my regular co-host, brave enough to venture down the rabbit hole. Thank you, Lord Almighty. Mr. John Tracy. John, how you doing, man? What's going on tonight, man? What's going on, Matt? How are you, Steve? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. And of course, joining us is our regular third noob, now a seemingly regular contributor to our podcast, all-around good guy, even though he's wearing a really funny hat right now. If you ever do meet him, you will be blessed to meet this guy, Mr. Steve Murray. Steve, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? You know, the, the irony is here I am, and uh, the Flyers have made a total overhaul of their roster, and we're not here to talk about that. Exactly, that yeah. That might be another future podcast a couple down the road. We'll have to see there. I'm, of course, Matt Craig. I'm back from a great day trip in the Poconos of Pennsylvania. Gents, if you ever have the chance to go up north, maybe take a car ride a couple hours, go up there. Wonderful hills of Pennsylvania. Love it's it. amazing. Of course, happy you are with us as well. Gents, it's episode 43 of Two Noobs Talking. Yeah. So let's rattle off some numbers. Let's see. Who do you think wore that number in Philadelphia? I I'm letting think... John go first. Oh, Darren Sproles? I'll go with the easy one. Yeah, Darren, absolutely. I'll go with the easy one. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I'm going Andy Delmore. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. We laughed about that one. The I love that. hat trick. The hat trick, yeah, against the Pittsburgh Penguins in that That's semifinal right. series. Yeah, made it all Started late. the comeback. Yeah, exactly. And I can, I can remember, of course, in the Phillies, Randy Wolf. If you ever you recall the that from the Phillies. The Wolf Pack, that was a major thing. And he was a pretty good pitcher for the Phillies all those years ago. Uh, oh, yeah, I think so. Been... Absolutely. Went on to, what did he go? On to uh, the Brewers? A that host a couple, of teams, yeah. Brewers yeah, and other Texas good and all kinds of teams. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, ridiculous. Big fan of Randy Wolf. Yeah. How about some How about some goalie love, Marty Biron? Okay, there you go. Gotta give, gotta good give. guy. Good guy. Gotta give Marty love. You know, he was one of those guys, you think about that, you know, coming off the lockout, you know, they didn't really have, they couldn't, I don't think the Flyers, you know, there was that hard cap, of course. And of course, they're spending money all over the place on <laughs> on, uh, on goalies, everything from Van Beesbrook to Ash to Monic to whatever. And in comes Marty Biron, who was a very underrated goaltender. I think he played for Buffalo, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. And uh, was really good. Got the, you know, 2008-9, they made a couple runs. They started to win a few games, and they made the, made the playoffs with him. So, yeah, he was a good guy. Yeah. Amazing. And pretty much I'm done there. I don't have anything else. I don't think there's anything I else. I can't think of anybody else. 43 is a weird number. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. I bet you there's one safety that everybody, every Eagles fan loved that we're not thinking of. <laughs> I bet that's gonna happen. Like, we'll have to look that up later. Man. What about what about uh, Steve Schlosky? He was like the greatest hitter, <laughs> and it's like we never saw it coming. Like, I met him. He's a total a hole. Exactly. Be like the buyers thing. We couldn't figure it out until just ah. later. But that's right. one dude. That, that's one dude that isn't an a hole. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, but speaking like, of, someone had a homework assignment, right? Steve? That's right. 
Did Byers win the Super Bowl? Keith Byers did not win the Super Bowl. Wow. He made a Super Bowl. Okay. With the New England Patriots the year they lost to Brett Favre and the Packers. That's what I thought. Which I believe was Super Bowl 31. Okay. That was, that was, I believe, his like second to last year or was very tail end. Yeah. He He made a Super Bowl, did not win. Hmm. Unfortunately. He was wearing the same number, right? That I don't know. That's that's what I mean. He might have. I think so. As soon as you said Patriots, I'm picturing a Byers Patriot. He probably did. Yeah, I think so. Um, he caught a touchdown in that Super Bowl. Did he really? Oh wow! He had like four or five catches for like 50 yards and a touchdown. Okay. He actually played pretty well. (laughs) Serviceable for a yeah, serviceable for a good running back out of him for sure. So, gents, as always, we've got a lot in the docket. We're ranging, of course, everything from the COVID vaccine hesitancy and, of course, a patent that we're going to look at that Steve has created a wonderful PowerPoint on. We got a story on the myth of expired food, which I'm really looking forward to uh, talking with you guys about. Our happy segment is going to be talking about the books we love to read. We're also going to do an old man rant, old man yelling at cloud on ESPN and what not only yelling at them, but what we would do to try and improve the sports network. But first, before we get into this, let's talk about an interesting theory that was recently offered about our universe gents. And that is from lifescience.com. Our universe might be a giant three dimensional donut. Really? Mm. Mm. Donut. Imagine a universe where you could point a spaceship in one direction and eventually return to where you started. If our imp- if our universe was a finite donut, then such movements would be possible and physicists could potentially measure its size. Quote, we could say, now we know the size of the universe. Astrophysicist Thomas Buchert of the University of Lyon Astrophysical Research Center in France told Live Science in an email, Gents, this is a fascinating, and of course on screen for our audio listeners, you won't have the benefit of this, but it does look, in fact, like a donut. Or as Steve rightly pointed out in pre-production, it looks like a wheel from the movie Tron from <laughs> from Disney. My light cycle no longer can be operated. Exactly, exactly. But Jens, this is a fascinating, fascinating theory. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I'd be curious. You know, we all love space and everything, but what are your thoughts on this? As there's a pregnant pause me? in the middle of this. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody? For yeah. Me, I was going to let John go first. Yeah, for me, definitely. It's not out of the realm. But we don't know anything. So yeah. I'm really glad that these theories, these theories used to come around in the early 90s mm-hmm. in mainstream. Mm-hmm. and they went away for a really long time i, I kind of like to see that they're popping up again because theories not space but just in general for me theories and science is the greatest thing that we can do because that's how you figure out what's going on yep. is a bunch of opinions i want to know everybody's opinion i want the guy that says it looks like the coffee cup when we get the coffee cup and the donut guy together and we will figure it out that's that's all I really kind of wanted to add to that. It, yeah. It's the theories. Theories make me happy because we're learning. No doubt about it. I think for me, I, I, it certainly does seem to make a legitimate sense because everything from the way the planets rotate 
and the way the galaxy is rotating, mm-hmm. it would seem to me that everything is on a rotational you know, basis. Mm-hmm. And could it be possible that the universe is operating in a gigantic, you know, spinning wheel or donut? Mm-hmm. Who knows? I think it's a great theory to posit. Steve, your thoughts on that? I can't say that I've heard a donut shape before, but it mm. does it does make sense because, um, you know, everything we see is flat. But mm-hmm. if you have a if you have you know like a piece of PVC piping. Mm-hmm. It looks curved to us because we're huge, but if you're like a tiny little ant walking on that mm-hmm. PVC pipe, it's yeah, gonna it's look yeah, it's definitely it's not. It's gonna look pretty flat to you. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know the the theory has some has some sense to it. I think the article said that the guess is maybe the thickness of the donut is like three to four times the mm-hmm. visible part of the universe. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's not something we're likely to have proven in our lifetimes yeah yeah <laughs> unfortunately um but it's it's definitely an uh, an interesting shape interesting theory i've heard other shapes before there's mm-hmm. um there's like saddle kind of shapes there's mm-hmm. discs spheres all that kind of stuff do you think it's linear do you think it just continues to keep going meaning that it's like a straight line type of thing i've, I've oh. read a couple theories about that mm-hmm I, I personally, when you sent me the donut theory, I was like, well, it kind of makes sense when they're talking about how they're flying to Mars because they're doing everything in a big circle. Mm-hmm. We got to go here to project over here. Mm-hmm. I kind of get that. Um, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of other theories about black holes that change this theory. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this theory is just as good as everything else. Oh yeah, that I've read. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Like I could totally, if I wasted obsessive compulsive disorder, waste it like a good month and a half. I totally could probably give you a synopsis that it makes sense. Mm. It made well, sense I, in the article that I read. Yeah, uh, Matt's Matt's theory on like rotation and stuff. I, I, you know, things in the universe tend to spheritize. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. come back. Planets, stars, everything all kind of turn into a ball. Yep. Um, galaxies are, they're not balls typically, but they're rather flat disks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so round is sort of a, you know, a it's, universe sort yeah. of tending shape. It's mm-hmm. kind of what they've been pushing. Yeah. Circle yeah. spinning. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it, it makes sense. I mean, totally. Yeah, I, yeah I think it's just utterly fascinating the fact that they're coming up with yeah. this kind of a theory. And I think you guys are right in terms of like other theories that have been positive, what the shape of the universe is like. And of course, we're never going to really fully know. Uh, but it is fascinating to see because I, I think about it like when I look up at the constellations specifically and you see the mm-hmm. Lion's Bell is a great example here in the Northeast. We see it all the time mm-hmm. where you've got it is a straight line, but every one of those stars in Orion's Belt is just could be different millions of miles away yes yes it just looks to us like they're right on top of one another you know essentially not right on top of one another but in a line straight line like that but the depth perception could be just something where it's like whoa you know it's that's kind of leans credence to the idea that it could be spherical or it could be a donut shape oh absolutely yeah and i don't know if you guys have that had the uh 
the luxury of seeing a big Texas guy, mm. it kind of makes you feel. I bet. Like what we, like yeah. it, Cause it's, it's so wide open with, with cities are so far apart. You get a lot of, you spend a lot of time driving in Texas with a very open sky. Mm-hmm. If, if, I never lived in other places and like grew up here. Mm. You selling me that theory. I don't think I would believe anything else mm. to mm. be honest, because it's mm. how, how it feels here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think about like Montana specifically, like mm-hmm. you talk a big sky country. Oh, absolutely. Stars like, everywhere. And it's like, that's gotta yeah. be one really awe inspiring, but two very scary. Also too, if you think oh, about yeah, it, it's like, yeah. Whoa. Especially, like the mid, the mid, the Northern Midwest is beautiful to be out Yeah, at night. And, and, and I bet you, you could, you could sell that easy to people. Yeah. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's a better theory for people that are actually not in city mm-hmm. dwellings. Yeah. I would agree. And that might be the, and that might be the disassociation between everything. Cause if you can't see the sky, my kids actually made a really good point. We were sitting out on the deck the other night mm-hmm. um, and they made a really good point because they live in the city of Philadelphia. They were like, this is just nice. Not having to look at buildings. <laughs> makes yeah. a difference in a world, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. It's a good view. Less, you know what I mean? but, less light pollution, essentially. Yeah, like, exactly. Absolutely. Of the stars and all that. Cause I can remember like being out uh, my, you know, my dad was, of course, adjutant general, yes. state of Pennsylvania, and he had a home that was right out in the middle of the countryside of Pennsylvania, and you see more stars out there yeah. than you would even if you're in just in the outskirts of Philadelphia. Let's just say the a lot sun, more stars. You know, the sun kind. shines brighter. Yeah, and the stars shine brighter. It's 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 kind of awesome. Yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah. Now you've mentioned different theories of the universe, and uh, I've I've done a lot of reading. Mm. on that subject that's fun if you guys are ready to get weird let's, let's go <laughs> <laughs> all right so matt asked the question mm-hmm. is, is it just a straight line keeps mm. going mm. right so that is one of the uh universe theories is that the universe just goes on forever it's infinite mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now here's where and that that kind of makes logical sense because it's it's like you for those who are like, well, the universe can't exist. What's outside the universe? If nothing is outside the universe, then the universe must go on forever. Yes, and, and so makes, anything can exist. No, it right. totally makes sense. It so it makes some sense, right? If we now. were all just to, to to have that theory, I don't think anybody would be like, that's a bit like it makes it makes total sense. No, right, it goes on forever. Right. Now, here's here's where the where it gets weird. Okay, if the universe goes on forever and is infinite. Mm. There are only so many ways that matter can come together. This is true. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if the universe is infinite, there are probably also an infinite number of me's <laughs> and an infinite number of John's yeah. and yes. an infinite number of Matt's. But, and, in, and, in, and in an infinite universe, there are infinite worlds where a Matt, a Steve, and a John are right now doing a podcast. Yeah. Yes, but but your nose could be sideways. Mine could not exist, and Matt's could be on his forehead. That's true. That could that's be true. Te- that's technically, exactly. when, we, when we talk about that, I've read a little bit on that with it with the, everything's happening at the same time. Yeah. Kind of concept, and the, the, 
there are great comics out there that do great adaptations of that concept of like, and they do it with newscasters and they always pick on the media, which is the best part. <laughs> That's great. Uh, of doing it is they pick on the media and then you have like, like the United States media and then backwards and backwards and backwards. You've got like a cow and a goat. <laughs> the news. it's just like that's what you're kind of talking about with with, with the comedy end of it like that's great kind of reminds me of that old future i could totally be a monkey reach the right edge now of the universe. universe i was just going to say johnny kind of just reminds me of the old futurama episode where they reach the end of the universe and they get out and they have the binoculars they look over on the other side and it's them looking back it's yep. hilarious love yep. great show great show that's yeah that's that's part of it yeah. Some, of best, so, some of the best stuff ever written. Yeah, if those guys, have, those yeah. guys get their science right too. They must oh, have. They sure do. Yeah. They must have. I don't know if it's Matt Groening or people on his staff. They must have had like actual science yeah. people. Funny you mention that. Them. Funny you mention that, Steve. It's like I remember there was an old MythBusters episode, and Al Jean was on the show, and they were doing like Homer Simpson's myths, and you know, or Simpsons myths, and he was like, "Yeah, we have like staff writers that." are into science and like love science and all that kind of stuff so you gotta think about they first they have fox money then they have his money and his best friend is pretty rich too Mm -hmm. that is a contributor yep uh wayne white his his wife was the first ever simpsons writer ever Mm. so they're they have a they have a clique of people yeah. With a ton of money that could probably afford a couple scientists just coming down and giving them like, give me that deep synopsis. Cool. Yeah. Here. You know what I mean? They, I drove down for $40,000. Wrote it up for you. Here you go. You can have it. Or I just email it to you. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So here's your, here's your next theory. Now this, uh, in this theory, you have to imagine that something other than the universe exists. We're now getting into multiple universes yes so there's this stuff i'm here just so you know right yeah, yeah, yeah. right here <laughs> there's this stuff that just exists you are here it's me <laughs> there's this stuff and then what happened was the theory is our big bang opened a bubble in the stuff mm-hmm. oh, interesting okay, so okay. we are just this gigantic bubble mm. in this stuff floating around with other bubbles then mm-hmm. and and it gets even weirder because they say in theory, the physics could be different in each bubble. Oh, so like gravity is one way here. Mm-hmm. Gravity could be totally another way in another bubble. An electron weighs X amount here. Yep. An electron could be like the size of Earth in another bubble. You know? <laughs> exactly. So yeah. think of Swiss cheese and each hole in the Swiss cheese is a different universe. Uh-huh. That's wild. And just 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 for comedy, okay. So in those two bubbles of switchies that we're gonna look in, one's Earth, where we're all walking on the ground. Mm-hmm. The other is we're all floating and we're afraid of the ground because we don't want to fall. Because if gravity, if gravity <laughs> deceases us, we shoot up in the air. If gravity stops them, they hit the ground. They're actually in a worse predicament than us. How about that? <laughs> I don't know. It gets hard to breathe once you get out in space. Yes. <laughs> I just think it's longer because I live down here. True. Yeah, there you go. Very true. Exactly. This is a fascinating Uh, discussion. That's great. So so the next theory that I'm going to... Oh, you got one more. Okay. Oh, I got three more. Oh, you got three more. Okay. He's got got time. He's he's going to... By the way, if anyone anyone out there is interested in this kind of stuff, uh, 
Brian Green is a is a astrophysicist. He's a fantastic writer. He mm -hmm. writes stuff that normal people can understand. Mm. It's it's good stuff. Which is thankful because I yeah. can't I can't get that deep. I can't get that deep on a normal level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I right. need someone to explain it to me. Go for it. Theory number three. Mm. Um, you have to use your mind a little bit. So uh, you know what a membrane is, right? So yep. um, picture this piece of paper. Mm. Okay, but it's this is two dimensions. I can't, I don't have enough dimensions to make this work for real. This is just, okay. So we are on this, they call it a brain. Hmm. Okay, now it's two dimensions, but we actually have three. Yep. And it's floating in at least one extra dimension. So here, this is two, you know, this way and this way. Mm -hmm. it's floating in something that also has a third dimension here. Hmm. And what they say is, okay, so we're, our universe is this brain. And everything in that universe is attached to the brain and so can interact with one another. Mm -hmm. Now, there may be other brains yep. floating in the dimensions. This is where they consciousness could... comes in for people. Just yeah. Possibly. Yes. Yeah. Possibly, because here's why. One of the theories says you could have brains piled right on top of each other. Mm -hmm. But if you're not connected to that brain, you have no interaction with it. You. It's almost like if you go outside and you're looking at the tree, you won't see the sky is the concept. That's the concept. It's all, it's all focus and consciousness. And that when Steve's getting into the theory where you could actually say that there's seven levels of consciousness or 10 levels of God, I don't, it goes on, it go far enough down the rabbit hole. I bet you there's 172. Yeah. Um, cause they, cause they just add them after a while. Yeah. Well, so this theory says, brains could be overlapping there could be mm -hmm. things going on around me right now mm -hmm. but because they're not attached to my brain and i'm not attached to their brain b-r-a-n-e not brain yeah yes. brain because they're detached yes we can't interact with all we can't see we can't feel we can't touch yep. so that's that's a weird one that's a wild theory yeah oh it gets it gets weirder yeah number four oh, number four so this is something i took in college it's called quantum mechanics quantum there we go Everyone's probably heard that term before. Yeah, uh -huh. um, quantum mechanics is weird because it deals with really little things. So we're talking about like particles and mm -hmm. stuff that make up particles. Mm -hmm. And it turns out at that level, things get really bizarre. You can't talk about absolute position or absolute speed of something. It's all probability. Mm. Okay, so it's like, I know that electron is within this cloud somewhere but I can't tell you exactly where I could tell you highest probability location. Mm -hmm. Now this has been extended in theory. So um, I think Matt is, has heard of the term, the Schrodinger cat before. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's don't basically know. where you have like a cat inside of a box and you have a poison vial also inside of the box. And you don't know whether or not the cat has knocked over the poison vial so that it kills itself. So the idea is that the cat can both be alive and dead inside of the box. It is, it explains yeah. what quantum. Yeah. So, you're, so you're dealing with probability, like the probability is that he could do it, but Bingo. The probability, right. there's also a probability, probability that he can't do it. it. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And okay. the thing is when you open the box, you have now made an observation. And by making that observation, you have caused one of those two possibilities to come into existence. Exactly. Makes sense. Okay. Makes little sense. Now here's where the universe theory gets weird. Hmm. So there's a universe theory of quantum multiverse where there is a universe 
that that cat, okay, there's two ways it could go. There's one universe where it died and one universe where it lived. (laughs) So there is a universe for every branch of every decision that could have ever happened anytime. Butterfly effect. Almost, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it makes total sense. No, that makes total sense. Yeah. That's awesome. So there's a there's a universe where John did not just take a sip from that beer can. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it again. So so there'll be twice that it didn't happen. <laughs> there you go. So now we've got like what four multiverses? Four multiverses. I'm just, I'm just, there is if I can reach over here for a minute for you guys. I, mm. I'm a big fan of the Spider-Verse. Oh, there you oh, go. So, Look at that. Oh, big fun. You know, it's kind of like the theory of Watch it. You'll figure it out. He's got a cat, by the way, on his back. Oh, I there didn't you know go. That when I bought it. There you go. He's yeah. got a kitty cat with a with a spider man. You nice. have the pig. What? Wait, do you have the spider pig? I do not have the spider. And pig. isn't his name Peter Porker? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I actually, it was funny. I just won it. I wanted a spider man. I bought that on a whim. I just wanted a spider man that was jumping and doing this, thinking that was actually Spider Man. I knew nothing about the Spider Verse okay. until I bought that. And then I had to go backwards and learn all that. So I didn't even know that thing existed. You've been educated. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now I've saved the fifth one. This is the weirdest one, I think. Go for it. Some people might think the quantum multiverse is weird. The fact that you think this is the weirdest one is is taking us to a level. All right. This one one relies on what's called the holographic principle. Okay. Okay. I'm in already. This says that Everything that's going on here, which is in three dimensions, mm-hmm. um, is this is actually just a hologram. Mm-hmm. Every all the interactions are all taking place on a two-dimensional surface. Yeah. At the edge of the universe. Yeah. And projecting into the volume a three-dimensional hologram. Isn't that weird? Now that you, you know, you you probably think this sounds crazy. Um, the, the, the science behind this comes from the fact that it was, it was discovered that with a black hole, you know, stuff falls into the black hole. It's, Mm -hmm. it's called information. What turns out everything you need to describe the information that goes into a black hole Mm -hmm. can fit on the surface of that black hole at the event horizon. So taking that theory, they said, well, then you could describe everything that happens in the universe on the two-dimensional binding surfaces of the universe wild, and make wild. a hologram so we don't exist so this something like that podcast doesn't exist now theory I, so we should, I, just, should we pack it in now or should we, we just pack it in next now? Okay. <laughs> no i've willed we it exist, into we exist God. <laughs> Unbelievable theories about the universe. I mean, and the fact that there's now a donut now thrown into the mix, I think is even greater. Oh, absolutely. Genius stuff. That's what, when you put that article out and Steve said it was interesting, I knew. (laughs) It's going to leap right on top of that sucker. Nothing is delicious. Steve needs to talk about this. Thank you, Steve. Steve. Genius stuff. Well, before before we leave space. So damn smart. Go for it. Before we leave space, I do do want to, uh, I do want to mention that, you know, something happened this week. Hmm. Uh, Jeff Bezos of Amazon flew himself he into did. space. He did. Uh, After the other guy did. Or a grand total of like maybe two Three commercial minutes. breaks and then he yeah. came back. Yeah. Yeah. So so I've decided I also want to go into space. And I've designed with Jeff Bezos's, you know, brilliance in mind, I've designed my own rocket. <laughs> <laughs> a 
there you go. Sorry. Actually, technically, your rocket looks less like a penis than his does. What are you talking about? <laughs> and, and and look, you know, Jeff Jeff only went up this Matt said for like two commercial breaks. I really want to penetrate deep space. <laughs> well, you deserve you deserve to do that. And I, I have the fuel pods no down here to make that happen. Before. <laughs> and I, you know, here's, here you can see this. Here's a window. Here's the cockpit. <laughs> and I've got an Illinois Smith 2024 bumper sticker on Of course, there. you got to have that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let me just run on Jeff Bezos being an alien, you know. Quick tangent, yeah. Okay, so first of all, the dude, Nobody should bow to him at all. I, I'm glad he flew in a rocket. So did some other douchebag that I didn't know his name. <laughs> um, shot up in the space. Shut up. Um, this dude ruined books. We'll talk about that later. Yep. For everybody. That, yeah. that alien cocksucking asshole that that dude is. <laughs> I don't think that that was a space travel for Bezos. I've said this before. It totally was. They sent his ass back to home. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. he came back. He came yeah, back. well, maybe he did. You can clone anybody <laughs> at this point. They just got. A, felt up there. They just got an idiot like that looked like Jeff Bezos to be like, look, we did it. We and did then it. he went back home. They shot him back to his planet, his, <laughs> his terrible planet that he's from. Exactly. Alien looking. That dude. His head is weird. <laughs> Him and Zuckerberg. Anyway. Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, and, uh, and that dude from Twitter. He looks yeah. like he's like oh, a yeah, like Ganto alien. <laughs> Just like, launch it all the way up. There it goes. There it goes. Steve went into space. There you go. Look, you I've go. got the fuel pods to make it happen right here. <laughs> I made sure they were plenty, plenty swole. Oh, that's too funny. You guys are killing me. Anyway, moving on. So let's move on to topic number two, shall we? And let's talk a little bit about this patent. Yes. About this coronavirus vaccine that uh, since we have a patent lawyer here with us in Mr. Steve Murray. This is where... Esquire or no? Uh, You're not an Esquire, are you? I'm an Esquire. Oh, okay. Mr. Steve Murray Esquire. Oh, yeah. Yes. And of course... Mr. Steve Murray Esquire to you, damn it. There you go. (laughs) We've got a PowerPoint, a, a wonderful oh, staple of you? ours of two noobs. Of course, this is done by Mr. Steve Murray Esquire. Uh, People Are Dumb, written by Kay, of course, of the movie well, Men in Black. But don't Steve, tell I'll him. let you go ahead and have don't the floor there, bad. bud. You ruined it. I, I want to let, before I get into my presentation, I want to let John, because mm. John found this. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yep. Apparently, some moron on Twi- TikTok was talking about this yep. patent. I want to let John explain, because yep. we don't have totally- the video. Yeah, I want him you. to explain what he saw. Beautiful. Yeah, I just, I just, just, just so you know, I just wanted to put this quote up there so we can talk about it. <laughs> so I was scrolling on TikTok, and I'm very, I'm very involved in the left and the right and the rabbit hole. I want to, I want to know what these idiots are talking about. And that, that just, just to be clear, like, and I went to Steve because I was concerned because mm-hmm. this one seemed to get legs. This had mm-hmm. like thirty-five thousand likes. Wow. Right, okay. so I'm like, I, we need to be on defense as being center middle. Like, you, mm-hmm. we can't let the lunatics on either side. The lunatics uh, go either way. So, so this was an actual concern I had. Mm-hmm. So I composed a nice little email to to my friend Steve, mm-hmm. who happens to be a patent lawyer, and was like, <laughs> "Hey, can you look at this? Because I don't feel good about it." Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Steve has then pulled it apart. Mm-hmm. Well, what what did what did he say? What did the or I he assume said it was, that what did he say in the video? Okay, so he said that we okay, so we get coronavirus is man made, right? Mm-hmm. We understand that. We mm-hmm. probably could sit around and talk about data function research for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. it's probably has something to do with that. What they were saying as that this is a bioweapon created from the United States government. Good grief. To kill their own people. Good grief. Yeah. Like we're a little off the beaten path, don't you think, Johnny? Yeah, absolutely. But we I mean we could we could we could say that it's it's a bioweapon mm. in certain aspects it could be a country creating a bioweapon to command another country but the way these theories are going now they're it's almost like they're saying we did it yeah we did it to ourselves yeah not the chinese government yeah yes right so there isn't even there isn't even an okay so back in the in world war ii there at least was an enemy that we had to go defeat Mm -hmm. now what is happening is these outer sexual people sexual people not sexual people <laughs> sexual people are creating yes thank you Steve, <laughs> an environment that is clogging all misinformation nice so now we're now the government's just trying to kill us well you know i mean we're you know take it over their capital and you got to w- worry about that i, I guess mean, i don't really but... i don't really hate the idea <laughs> exactly but but, but i wanted to what I wanted to on the internet yeah, is I wanted to put something out with logic and Common intelligence. Sense? Really? <laughs> so that's people awesome. are dumb. Just so you know. Let's, so, let's go ahead. A person can be smart. People are dumb. Yes. There you go. Go uh, ahead, Steve. Here's so the patent, to, by the way. What's that? Here's the patent for uh, everybody. This, right, is well, the, so, this is the patent that is that the government is killing everybody. Steve, so this is, him, as a patent lawyer, he's going to break this thing down. Let's John? Go. John, so John sent his email to me. I'll continue the story. Mm. Um, I was looking at it. I would think I was out to go pick up food and I was looking at it on my phone. Mm. And what I tried to do, because I wasn't sure at first if, you know, sometimes you get weird emails yeah. from people. You don't want to open attachments. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I tried or click links. So what I tried to do was take the patent number and plug it in my own search. Mm-hmm. And I transposed the number. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> I pulled up a patent that had to do with uh, OLED manufacturing. It's. <laughs> Light, light emitting devices. Kind of just Which, a little bit way, off the beaten path there, but yeah. By the way, confused the shit out of me when we were talking about it. <laughs> well, no. I wrote back to him. I said, I said, oh, this is about OLEDs. What's the problem? <laughs> and he's like, well, that's weird. I'm like, well. <laughs> well, in any event, we got it straightened out. So yeah. here's the patent. It's US patent number 7279327. Beautiful. Hit, hit next, John. You get it. The title blows up here. And I could see. The title is called Methods for Producing Recombinant Coronavirus. Now, I could see if some moron who doesn't know what a patent is, mm-hmm. is not scientifically trained, mm-hmm. uh, would search or Google coronavirus and found came across this, they might have reason to think it's nefarious. Hey, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Well, I totally understand that. That, yep. uh, that. We all do that. We all quick search things that we're no not. This is why people should not speak on things of which they are unclear. Oh. Hit next, John. So the first thing I'll point out, um, 
patents are public documents. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, if the gov the U.S. government was working on a project, a top secret project that was trying to kill us, mm -hmm. they would not file a patent application on it mm -hmm. because it would be published. Okay. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular, uh, you see, it says PCT filed and PCT number. Mm -hmm. PCT is you can file an application that's basically like you're filing it. It's one application, but it sort of files internationally. So it, you can use it to enter um, and, you know, a whole bunch of countries later on. You're covering all your legality, ba your, your legal basis. Right. And then later on, you decide, well, I'll go into the U.S. with this application. I'll go into Europe with this application. I won't go into, you know, uh, the USSR, Soviet Union, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so this was a PCT application. So this was filed internationally back mm -hmm. in 2002. Mm. Uh, or uh, yeah, 2002 it was published in 2002. So this has been publicly available information mm. since at least as early as October 31st, 2002, back when I was in college. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, it was a year after my son, my first son was born. There you go. Right. Now right. 19. And that May 25th, 2004, that 370, section 371 date, mm -hmm. that is when it officially became a U.S. patent application. Okay. And if you hit, uh, go one more time. Yep. We'll see. This is not a uh, U.S. government. This is not uh, Chinese. Um, this is three dudes who were going to the University of North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, University of North Carolina owned this patent at some point. Interesting. All right. Next page. So let's let's before let's... we start that, just so there is a conspiracy theory that the coronavirus started in North Carolina. Is there? Yes. Uh, so just so we can we can be clear. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's probably where you got it from. Maybe. Could be. Moving on. Uh, also, as, as I believe John said to me, you guys have mentioned before in one of your earlier podcasts, coronavirus, mm -hmm. as you'll see in a minute here, means a whole bunch of different things. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. COVID-19 is just one, one particular strain of coronavirus. Coronavirus exactly. encompasses common colds. Mm -hmm. And as you'll see in a minute, I believe, John, if you click next... Okay, so this is the first page of the patent. Very common thing. This comes from the background of the invention section. This is where they tell you basically the problem from which the invention in this patent arose. Mm -hmm. okay, this, is, this is why we chose to invent this. This says transmissible gastroenteritis, TGE, mm. is an economically important acute enteric disease of swine, mm -hmm. which is what... Uh, often 100% fatal in newborn piglets. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about an intestinal disease wow. that could be impacting the uh, pig population, farming yeah. population. Yeah. Which is super important to produce something like this for the farming community. Absolutely. And so Matt can get his pork chop. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 100%. I had one last week. It was awesome. Good pork so chop. Now, so now read a little further. TGE virus, the causative agent of TGE, is a member of the coronaviridae family. Mm. Yes. So this TGE is a coronavirus. Interesting. Uh, and I highlighted the next part just because it'll tie into something a little bit later. Um, so uh, there's also it's also related to a swine pathogen, porcine reproductive and respiratory syndrome mm -hmm. virus, PRRSV. Wow. So they're related. Okay. Yes, okay. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And just so just so everybody knows, this is a little bit beyond my technical 
mm -hmm. field. I'm a physicist by training. This is more biology mm -hmm. uh, and medicine. Yep. But I did, uh, I, I'm scientifically trained and I re can read patents so I can understand patents, uh, how they're written. Pretty clearly. Um, yeah. I also, my two summers in law school, I interned at a pharmaceutical company um, and I have done some work uh, with this kind of stuff. Amazing. Uh, not not often, but occasionally. So I yeah. do, I can translate it for people. Beautiful. All right. So if we hit next, this is the next page in the patent. Um, so, huh. this, so this is talking about, this is talking about, so they wanted, they need vaccines, right? To yeah. treat these pigs so they don't get this virus. Yes. Live attenuated PRRSV vaccines causes viremia and may spread to other pigs. Another disease. Steve. So, yeah. So here's vaccines. Traditionally, vaccines were made using uh, either dead or weakened um, viruses. Mm -hmm. So they would take the virus, make it into a, a, they would either kill it or have it in a weakened state and then inject it into you mm. so that your immune system could develop the immunity. That's yes, how like, traditional vaccines, vaccines are created. Work. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're saying uh, in this case, when they injected live vaccines, weak, or when they injected um, the vaccines into the pigs, mm. uh, they could cause another problem and it could spread. Wow. Okay, so that's part of the problem they're seeking to solve. Hit next. Hence, oh. improved vaccines are needed, right? All right, hit next. So that's what this is all about. We're trying to find a vaccine to help these pigs. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and now as all patents do, and as all good patent attorneys do, yeah. we're not going to limit it just to the TGE. Yeah. We want to get as broad a coverage as we can. So we're yeah. going to say this can apply to coronaviruses. Mm. Okay, so this is a first aspect of the present invention is a helper cell for producing an infectious replication defective huh. virus particle. Huh. Okay, you read the highlighting down below. Uh, this, the combined expression of replicon RNA and helper RNA, blah, 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 produces an assembled nidovirus particle, which comprises the heterologous RNA sequence, is able to infect a cell and is unable to complete viral replication in the absence of the helper RNA due to the absence of a structural protein, blah, blah, blah. Wow. So what does that mean? That means the, the, vac the virus that's in the vaccine mm -hmm. can infect a cell so that you'll get your immune response, mm -hmm. but it cannot replicate itself, hmm. which is what viruses need to do no. in order to cause infection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you are controlling the amount of virus that gets into these pigs when you inject them with the mm -hmm. vaccine. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. All right, hit next. This is further on. The present invention describes the assembly of recombinant transmissible virus and replicons that express heterogeneous genes, which can be used to make vaccines mm -hmm. against things like this coronavirus. Hit next. Uh, the use of replicons as a vaccine delivery system offers a number of important advantages over the use of live attenuated virus vaccines. Like I said before, that's how they used to do it, mm -hmm. which are capable of independent spread and recombination with wild type virus populations. Okay, mm -hmm. so not only could it spread when it's in you, mm -hmm. it could combine with something else and make something new. Absolutely. Bad, mm -hmm. Right? <clears throat> Replicon vectors are inherently safer, 
alternative to the use of live attenuated virus vaccines due to the lack of progeny virus production. It can't reproduce itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. In addition, it can result in the use of a relatively low dose of virus replication particles. We don't need to put as many in the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, sorry. Oop. That's two noobs right there. <laughs> well, I think I've made my point. No, yeah. Definitely this, made your point. This patent is about making a vex a new way of making a vaccine mm-hmm. by instead of using a live version of the virus you have a version of the virus that's been engineered so that it can infect the cell to mm-hmm. trigger your immune immune response mm-hmm. to fight it mm-hmm. but it cannot reproduce itself and therefore it's not going to make you sick interesting okay huh and it just so happens they can do this with coronavirus variants huh from yeah. North Carolina in 2002. 2000. That is all this has to do with. This has nothing to do with COVID-19. Huh. This is bogus. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that's such a key. And thank you for sharing that, Steve, on this podcast, because that's what we're all about is getting the right information out. You almost that is that key. That patent is absolutely key in that it's written in 2002 this was not something that was planned you know we didn't release this out into the public i loved how at the beginning part you're like this was already published like if you're going to release a deadly pathogen on people you are not going to publish here's how you do it to people it's like that is ridiculous that's absolutely absurd just to pat myself on the back for a little bit when when people go that way like especially on social media yeah when my receptors go up when my like bs receptors go up i will snatch 37 screenshots and i like that how that worked is i was like screenshotting it throughout the whole video because mm. i need that patent number okay so that's a patent <laughs> what we all should do is know the people around you thank god one of my <laughs> really good friends in life is a patent lawyer and he could right there crap out of this yeah yeah it really is and it's amazing just how incredibly naive and stupid some people are and will look at that patent and only see the headline that could cause what the hell hysteria and that's what social media and media does yeah nobody does research anymore yeah the amount of research kind of leads for just this one segment is more research than CNN, Fox, yeah, even even ESPN has done, yeah, on a trade. We do yeah. more research than they do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This kind of leads into our third topic, Johnny. Does it not? I mean, we're Absolutely. talking about this. I, we like to, as we said last week, cash receipts around here, and yes. we definitely have this because a lot of this vaccine hesitancy if we're getting into the political world here conservatives bring to. the receipts on democrats vaccine misinformation town hall article and it says here last week white house press secretary jen pisaki who needed to circle back uh argued social media sites should de-platform and ban individuals so much for free freedom of the press freedom of you know speech who spread misinformation about wuhan coronavirus vaccines but if that's the new standard pisaki herself should be removed from another number of most social media sites. Why? Because I'll, vaccines I'll just are the only topic on they've the misled screen. people. Yep. I'll just flip this on the screen. This is what, this is the receipts they're caching, by the way. And there this are a ton. Twitter 
Facebook of of everybody talking. Let's just stop right there. Here, a couple of them here. Um, yeah, the media didn't help. Uh, some of them, like at Foreign Policy, were very clear about what they thought of a vaccine approved by a Trump administration. This one from at Lori underscore Garrett. And so there's a link in there that you could click on to her Twitter. And it won't be to her. I don't I think, think it'll should... go specifically. Oh, to never mind. That. Had... that was dumb. Okay, I think they on. had a direct link to uh... direct link there. But in any event, all of those individual links to all of their individual Twitters are like, nope, not going to take the Trump vaccine. We there heard were, this. There were the, the top three were were the whatever her name is, Jen, whatever. Jen Pisaki, yeah. I don't listen to her at all. Um, she yeah. just fumbles over everything, just like we are right now with that whole thing. <laughs> um, but we're not paid $400,000 to talk about what biden is thinking about yeah or might be thinking that, about yeah possibly. that might or might not be thinking about trying to get out of it or, but the yeah, point is might... that whole article in town hall if you look at it they have individual tweets that were dating back prior to mm-hmm. you know with the trump administration where they were rushing to get the vaccines out the door quickly yes. and a lot of them were saying nope not going to take the vaccine kamala harris so being one of them trump's authority authentication or whatever the case may be, I am not going to take it. Now, all of a sudden, now, all of a sudden, you flip it six months later, they get their guy in there, and they're having difficulties trying to get people jabbed in the shoulder. I wonder why that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, now they're pushing it like it's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. When six months ago, they were... And part of that is politics. No way positively I would take that. Yeah. But again, it goes kind of what, back to what we were talking about earlier with Bill Maher, how all three of us were kind of like, holy cow, we're agreeing with Bill Maher. He was yeah, saying, yeah, well, I don't want my medical history yeah. and my med- you know, my medicine and my doctor to be politicized. This is a prime example of it right here, gents. It's, I don't know what else to say yeah, about it's, it. It's weird. Like, the misinformation is just just weird. The kind of, the, the, just to pull everybody up to speed, if you're coming in late with this, is... Steve's a patent lawyer, and he's able to rip a patent apart. And that just fell. Uh, (laughs) Like that. He ripped a patent apart that is being used for misinformation. Yeah. Our first segment is something that is, how many universe theories are there, Steve? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's way more than I gave you. I gave you five in addition to the donut. Kind of bringing it all together is, if you're looking to the media and not the books and the yeah. the science or the that not even you don't need to go to the education systems you need to go to the library which barely exists ask you learn doctor. about what you need to learn yeah ask your doctor for god's sake exactly yeah going to places that that you know steve spent a ton of time in school to be able to do that he mm-hmm. just didn't wake up yesterday and yeah. be able to figure that out yeah he spent some time in school well, it's Most just of our friendship. You were in school. It's just, it's just amazing to me that this is really just boils down to reading comprehension and a lack of it. Yes, and it's missing. Clearly, it's absolutely missing in in this. What you definitely see it on social media. You see it not only in social it's... media, Johnny. You see it everywhere. You see it in the sports world. You see yeah. it in you know news broadcasts. Well, you even see it in churches. It's... There are so much like reading comprehension. 
what does the text actually say? You see it in U.S. history classes, for God's sakes. People can't interpret the U.S. Constitution anymore. It's it really just, is amazing to me. It's not just reading. It's not just problem of reading comprehension. It's also agendas. No doubt. Uh, the reason. Yeah. The reason. No doubt. The reason these people yep. were saying back before the election that they weren't going to take a Trump vaccine was they didn't want him getting credit for fixing the problem. Which yeah, is now that Biden's in office, yeah, it's okay. Now it's okay. okay. Yeah, exactly. Fixing the problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, there. Steve is right. There's absolute. There's corruption in all of it. Yeah. And someone on this podcast said a while back, I'm not going to mention who, but he said, you know, it's not the virus itself, but it's the corruption behind the virus. That's the issue here. And, uh, you. you know, I appreciate that, that guy right there said it. So <laughs> yeah, 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 send your hate mail to me. <laughs> There's your P.O. box. Yeah. And Steve's dick rising up. Love it. Love it. Cash receipts. Cash receipts around here. That's uh, what we do. That's what we do. But it's, I mean, it comes from both sides. Like the, oh, the it sure does. You know, the patent we're talking about was coming from the right side. The 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 lefties, you know, panning the vaccine pre-election. That's coming from the left. Yeah, I'm, I'm side. pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if 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 I had the kind of time, you know, that I didn't want to spend with my wife and my children, I could come up with 87 different things from both sides that oh, yeah. are ridiculous. Most of them just need to shut up. Yeah. And let us talk. Yeah. Exactly. That ten to fifteen percent just needs to kind of just go over here and right there. We're gonna throw exactly, that out. exactly. Throw so that on Instagram and get hate mail. Exactly. <laughs> so let's move on, gents. I think this is going to be a very interesting topic. Number four. Oh, I absolutely of expired food, and to be honest with you, this was a very fascinating article from Vox.com, uh, and I'll just read like the first paragraph here. Maybe you know the routine. Well, wait, read the, read the headline. Oh, the headline. It ties yeah, well, into misinformation. Yeah, the lie of expired food and the disastrous truth of America's food waste problem, which I completely 100% agree with. I think we are wasting a ton of food. Maybe you know the routine. Every so often I go through my refrigerator. This is not me talking. This is the author. <laughs> no, Check labels on the items and throw out anything that's a month or a week or maybe even a few days past the day on the label. I might stop the sniff, but for my whole adult life, I figured the problem was obvious. My jam or almond milk or package of shredded Italian cheese blend, really, had expired. Yeah, exactly. And the fix was simple. Chuck it into the garbage. This habit was so ingrained that when I think about eating food that's gone past its date, I even get a little queasy. I've only had food poisoning once or twice in my life. Always from restaurants, but the idea is still there in my head. Past the date, I'll get sick. You'll never can catch I, me dumpster diving. So can let's I point can I point this out real quick just before we get rid of the screenshot? Yeah. This is the problem with misinformation in this world. This mm. is a landmark study. Mm. I have read this study. Anybody that sees this link, there's a there's a landmark study in 2013, mm -hmm. okay? It's by Harvard Food Law and Policy Clinic. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of this, and I'm, I'm obsessive about few, uh, food shortages and mm -hmm. uh, food waste. Uh, worked in restaurants. I'm very worried about, like, I don't believe in ex expired anything. 
Yeah. I just don't like if it smells bad, if it looks bad, it's bad. Mm-hmm. But I've cooked with I've cooked with food two weeks after the date because it didn't smell bad. It actually smelled like it should have. And then when I cooked it, it smelled better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I believe that that was that was something that uh, society put out a long time ago. A long time ago. During like the whole mall and fast food consumption. That oh, was a big yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And they, they didn't want you to cook. No. They wanted you to go out. They wanted you to go to Bob's Big Boys or did you, did you happen Popeyes to see or though, wherever you're, you know, you would go to get your your food instead yeah. of making it yourself. John, did you happen to see that in that article? And Steve, I'm, I'm sure you probably did see it. That we've thrown out between thirteen hundred and sixty dollars yeah. to over two thousand. It's excessive. Don't believe it. That's it's incredible, is it not? And then the left comes and says that our carbon footprint's too yeah. big. Yeah. Well, it is. Because we're throwing out all this because food. Because we're throwing out a ton of food. We don't have enough, we don't have enough trucks which cause pollution enough. And how much of that food could go to any sort of, like fill abundance for God's sakes? Yeah. Like if you don't have the food, like you know, it's funny, it's like I you wouldn't I can remember there was a couple of times where it was like I had some leftover food and it's like, you know, I instinctively I think I'm I don't want to say I'm guilty of that, but the thought process was okay. Well, it's not not good enough. I'll yeah. I'll just chuck it. Yeah. The thought process doesn't kick into my head. You idiot! Why don't you go down to fill abundance and give them the food as opposed to just chucking it away? But that's 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 the system that caused all of this. Yeah. And that's where that's where these expiration dates come from. Where do you think that came from? The whole idea of the expiration date. It's, it's that, a government. It's a government. Was entity. that FTA? Yeah. Yep. Do you think? Yep. The yeah. most corrupt of all, the FDA. Yeah. This is this in my house is a big issue with me because my wife is a slave to the the expiration dates. Mm. No, I understand. Um, Mine too. Mine too. And Total you know, I to me to me, I use my senses. Um, every every time I open the milk container, and I've drank milk that's like two weeks past the date on the on yeah. the the carton. Sniffing it. Open it. I sniff it. It's it's instinctual. I go, all right, smells good. Into the glass it goes. Down yeah, my throat. Not gonna, not gonna no problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, meat is the one thing I think I'm care more probably the most careful about with like be. dates. It has to be. Yeah. But even yeah. meat, you can look at it and you'd be like, "Yeah, that doesn't smell. That good. doesn't smell good." Yeah. Chocolate. Right. I don't want to. Co- yeah, I don't want to cook that because that doesn't look like it did. Yeah. Right. Right. Or it's or appearance too. You know, bad meat yeah. looks different than good meat. Oh, no doubt about that. I'll tell yeah. you. I'll tell you a quick story. I don't cook chicken thighs a lot. Mm. a lot at all right mm. but i'm starting to get into it because i i like the flavor of it my wife made a dish a couple weeks ago and i was like mm, I mean, i'm, I'm kind of into the chicken thigh thing my first question to her not knowing much about chicken thighs mm. is i was like does that look okay because it doesn't look like the traditional chicken breast mm-hmm. right? so i can understand how you could be alarmed by something that you're not used to oh sure because i was like i don't know if that looks okay she's like it's perfectly fine huh Made it up. It, it tasted fine. You know there what I mean? Go. I didn't die from it. But I could see how how you putting an expir- expiration date on something yeah. and years and years go by of people mm-hmm. kind of learning and and relying more on that than they are their senses, which I know our parents used to. Oh, yeah. Cooking. So you're getting to now a, another generation, another generation. I could see how the food waste would get even worse. Yeah, because you're not training 
people and you don't have people around you to be like, well, I'm not sure that this is okay. So I can go to my compadre. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, even, that's good. That's You know what I mean? Like we're missing that. We are. Even expiration dates. It. Expiration date itself is a kind of a misnomer. Mm -hmm. There are different types of dates that go on to the food. Yes. A lot of them use, it says best buy. Yes. Mm -hmm. It gives a date. That does not mean that after that date, it's bad for you. Like, you know, my, my wife, again, panics, you know, she's like, oh, this oh bag God. of chips is, this bag of chips is a week or two weeks past its best buy date. I mean, does that mean I'm going to get sick if I eat it? I'm like, no, the worst thing that could happen is your chips are stale. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, is great. That's a great <laughs> yeah. point. Okay, That's like spice, point. you know, oh my God, this this thing of cinnamon is two years past its Best Buy date. Well, it might lose some of its potency, but yes, it's not going to kill more. it. Yeah, use more cinnamon. <laughs> right. Bingo. Exactly. No, that's a great point. That, But that's such a great point, Steve, because again, the thought process is, okay, if I see that date and it's like a week later and I'm making something and it's like, oh my God, the cinnamon, the Best Buy date's over a week old. Am I going, the hesitancy yes instinctually yes. is like and, and that's what causes be, it's got to be the best gotta stop that i i completely agree with the, the article. misinformation is what's causing the waste yes but they're not telling you what it means yeah right and like we said humans aren't stupid yeah but society is stupid when you get in the mass production you're going to get mm -hmm. a you're gonna get the you're gonna get a the top priority that don't that make enough money that don't actually care. Mm -hmm. Oh, the cheese is whatever. I'll you know what I mean? This, I don't need it. I'll just go get some more. Mm -hmm. You get you get you get the poor that is watching that date like a hawk. Yeah, you gotta eat this. You gotta eat this today. Yeah, like like and you know what I mean? Where and that's where you know. And then maybe you make six macaroni dishes, and then your kid doesn't want to eat it anymore, and then he hates macaroni, and then he just throws macaroni away when he's an adult. When you get to middle class with me, I, I didn't know what was going on. Like I had to learn everything outside the house because I didn't know. Like, and meanwhile, we're throwing over, I'm going to say on average, $1,750 in food yeah. every year per, per household. It's insane. It really is. And it's something that we need to think about. And really the food donations can't just be at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Cause you no, always see no. that every it single year. It has to year. be year round. Yeah, it's gotta to be year round. I agree. Yeah, our, and, our, I mean, it starts with something like, okay, is this good enough? Yes, it is. Do I need it? No, I don't. I'm yeah. going to give it away. Yeah. That's our, the thought uh, process we have. Our food, our food gets donated to the chipmunks, unfortunately. Awesome. <laughs> it's thrown out the door. Yo, you're helping the environment. The question is, do you give it to Alvin as well? Do you give it to Alvin and the chipmunks? or No, he's a punk. I, I figured it's fine. He can go to hell. <laughs> And let me tell you something else about expiration dates too. Go for it. It doesn't just apply to food. I found yeah. this out because my, my father worked in the pharmaceutical industry for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the expiration dates on your medicine, mm -hmm. in most cases, it's probably still okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, you're, if your Tylenol is a month past its date, you can still take it. Take it, it probably still works. It probably still works. It, again, you, at, the longer you go, the less effective yes. it might be yes. so you know if, if you've got two-year-old tylenol it's probably pointless to take it yeah exactly but, but in most cases with stuff like that it's probably not going to hurt you one two months after yeah you're gonna be fine yeah but that's the thing maybe maybe that's what we need to focus on mm. as humanity is mm. expiration 
expiration dates aren't, it's not about hurting you. It's a bet. Like, and that's what we were sold when we were kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's expired. You're going to die. Yeah. Like that's where the misinformation comes in. Like if if the media is throwing this, but the pharmaceutical companies and the food industries aren't combating and fighting Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. then the misinformation is going to win every time. No doubt. Well, the the food industries has no reason to fight it because that just means you're going to go back and buy more bread. It's true. But you're that's buy more bread more frequently because you're throwing out usable yeah. bread. Yeah. But yeah. I'd much I, I you can't stop that. But you should want to. That's the goal. Really. I think I do my best. I try to use everything to I think I think yeah. we all do a really good job. I think that's why this article popped all of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, 100%. Like, that's yeah. Like, like interesting. Like, okay. I, it makes sense. I mean, it's like, it's amazing, like, in terms of just the idea. I think the, the thing that really stood out to me was just the number of the dollar amount that we were throwing out. That That's shocking. That's shocking to see something like that in that kind of a study. It's like, that should really wake everybody up, to be look, honest with you. Look, if your bread doesn't have mold, it's still, okay, make a grilled cheese. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's really that simple. It really is. There used to be our our mutual friend, Eddie, and I, uh, there was a a movie theater up uh, Huntington. It's on County. It used to be on County Line Road. Road. There's a new one there now, but there was an old like Regal Cinema. Mm -hmm. And there was a dollar store Mm. in that same shopping center. Mm -hmm. You could go into that dollar store and buy a pack of like the Enenman's Donuts for a dollar instead of, you know, the $3.99 or whatever the hell we pay for it now. Oh, um, you could buy it for a dollar because it was at its expiration date. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with those. Donuts. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, I mean, it really comes down to just, and it, I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. It really comes down to just trusting your senses, trusting where things are, then going for, you know, it's like, if it t- smells so good, you're fine. If it doesn't, then you toss it. And that's going to be, you know, going to be tough to get over that expiration date because you're thinking like, oh my God, it's going to be done by this particular date. And okay, and, and it, you they're know, stamping dates. That's all they're doing. Yeah, and it's it. It became actually interesting in this in our house this week because we've lost power twice. Yeah, or each time it was a period close to or over 24 hours, mm-hmm. and so we we kept the fridge shut and the freezer shut as much yep. as we could, which was, yep. you know, we just had off limit to the fridge no doubt. but now respective of the dates or not now we got to kind of go through and evaluate is this food still good yeah exactly so you're forced to use your senses you can't even rely on a date you've got to you got to look at it and be like you know yeah because i don't want to just blindly throw everything that was in the fridge out that's that's kind of stupid if it's usable totally we had, agree. we had a thing of cheese in there it was perfectly fine so i finished it throughout the week there okay. you go yeah beautiful yeah can't ask for any better than that well gents Topic five, and we're talking ESPN. You, all three of us, of course, were raised back in the day on ESPN Sports Center, and then by around the mid '90s, Disney bought that cable channel and proceeded yeah. to put it into the toilet, and has now basically barfed into it and flushed it down the sewer drain. Um, Pretty much. That's you know, over a 25 year period. Yeah, but, I think that's the nicest way you could have said that. <laughs> How could I positively spin this? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just rocketed that dick ship up to the moon. You know, it's like just terrible. 
That's um, a, that's a, they literally need to end up. They need to Matt. You just genius. We need to sell this to ESPN right now. Yeah, that's what they need to do. The Deninet Deninet rocking this dick ship up to the moon. <laughs> They're opening <laughs> for anything they do. You really you really have it. Like no doubt. But of course, all three of us grew up watching, you know, and we hate to make it an old man yelling at a cloud uh, rant here, but we're going to do that. We're going to yell, yell at Get the off cloud. my lawn. Exactly. We're going to do a get off my lawn segment here. But at the same time, it's like this has really been on our minds because we all watched it and loved it. We did watch ESPN a lot. I can remember NFL primetime with Chris Berman and Tom Jackson, greatest NFL highlight packages you could ever think of. And I mean, just a lot of fun to watch. That's in the crapper. Then you had Sports Center, and you had Kenny Maine, and you had you know all the other, all, you know all Love the guys. Kenny Maine. Kenny Maine was great. great. Yeah, awesome. great. Very great on ESPN too. They wasted him on ESPN. In the crapper. I mean, it was just one thing after another, and then they started with the talk shows. Your favorite first part. take. Pardon the interruption. Around the horn, they started to replace what made ESPN great was they did Sports Center all the way straight through from like 7 a.m. all the way to 3. Then maybe they did a couple of talk shows, then it was right to Sports Center leading you into the games. I mean, it was terrific. It was a sports show. Then the That's talk the shows point. came. And, you know, I, I like to know from each of you, since we mm-hmm. did this in pre-production, when you started to watch ESPN, when you started to turn off ESPN, and really... If you were the head of ESPN, what would you do to try and change it to make it better? So since we have that, I will go to my co-host, my regular co-host, John. What are your thoughts? When did you stop watching ESPN? 2002? 2003? Okay. Not putting it on anymore. I was also in around... The major part was when CSN Philly existed. Mm-hmm. When they kind of got their legs, mm-hmm. I wanted my local sports more than my regular the national sports, news. But yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was never. I I think I stopped going to ESPN other than Sunday night baseball. Mm-hmm. And when football went on there, after they got rid of hockey, was they got none of my time yeah. other than those two things: Sunday night. You know, Sunday Night Football, I think, was games. on there for, for a minute. Yeah. The games, uh, basically. Yeah, the games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was only games that I would go to ESPN. Like, Sports Center, Sports Center by the time Oberman was a thing, I think I was already checked out mm-hmm. with the regular Sports Center. Because yep. all that was is just slapstick. It was just slapstick white boy comedy, and that's mm-hmm. just not my thing. Yeah. Like, I don't want, I don't want, I didn't want that. Yeah. Like I want it. Like I don't want you to make up a new word for a goal that was scored. Yeah. Like I don't need that. Like even Berman kind of pissed me off with the with the the back 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 back. Like gone. Yeah. Like dude, that's annoying. After the twelfth time I heard it, <laughs> it was cool the first time you did it. Home run so derby got a little tiring. Yeah. And here was another thing I hate about ESPN. Why did you put him on the home run derby so he does back, 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 back every single time? Every time. Now you've just literally got me to a place where I want to beat my TV. <laughs> overdone. It was overdone. A little overdone. Yeah. A little and overcooked. That, and, yeah. and I think that's my whole yeah. my whole anger with ESPN. Everything they did that was cool 
was overdone within a week. Yeah. Even Stuart Scott, who I love. Yeah. His his SB speech before he passed away was one an of the greatest. Incredible. Like that man was an incredible human being. No doubt. And ESPN paid him a ton of money to make him a clown. Yeah. And I think he realized that on his way out because his speech kind of said some things like that. No and doubt. Good on he him. Probably man. if he was play by play, could you imagine play by play for the NFL? He'd have been amazing. He would have been amazing for that. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Murray, when did you stop watching ESPN? I think I'm going to concur with John. I think it was a little bit later than 02. It was probably more like 05-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was mid it was mid 2000s. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to echo kind of the sports center thing which was you know, when I first started watching SportsCenter, it was in the 90s. It was uh, Olbermann and Dan Patrick, yeah, Charlie Steiner, and, uh, you know, respectable yeah, individuals. Yeah, yeah. Charlie exactly. Steiner was, was, was a reporter slash then was commit. Like, those are the guys we grew up on. No doubt. Right. Yep. So, you know, it, it was – they were good personalities. Yeah. Um. Then you had Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott came along, who I loved. They had great chemistry. Mm-hmm. They worked really well together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what happened was Rich Eisen and Stuart Scott were so successful mm-hmm. that ESPN tried to make all their other anchors for SportsCenter them. carbon copies of them. And so, to use John's word, they not well. Yeah, they they ended up hiring and using a bunch of clowns. Yeah. To report the sports. Yeah. And, and that's a great point that you made, Steve, because that's exactly what it was. Because I think their peak of goodness was Rich Eisen, Stuart Scott. I would agree. Yeah. And like literally, I think that was their peak. They took yeah. they took that Berman Tom Jackson thing hmm. for the Sunday night wrap up kind of thing, which everybody knows all about. That's one of the greatest shows ever in its in its infancy. Was that was oh. Football genius because they took Berman's back, 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 and they were able to run you in a 30, 40 minute segment yeah. to catch you up on all the NFL before the NFL network and before all that. Yeah. That's I have no issues with that. I mean, yeah. I'm I want to hate them after that because what they did is like Steve's saying, they, they made carbon copies of these idiots. Yeah. And then the NFL network makes carbon copies of the idiots. So everybody's now just doing idiot stuff. No doubt. Right. Yeah, it's and, the yeah. Good, Steve. And so, so furthering that, Sports Center used to be, it would give you highlights from everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you'd get football, mm-hmm. basketball, college sports, baseball, hockey. You'd get Tour de France. You'd get yeah, you, would get uh, you get know, FIFA. You would get FIFA. Get, yeah, you I would get international hour. And that in an hour. Yeah. yeah. Then, then they started doing something that pissed me off, which is like. They would spend the first 10 minutes, and I think it's because they had the exclusive rights for certain things. They would spend the first 10 minutes, oh, we're going to examine Duke blowing this mid-level college out by 40 points. You know, and it's like, do we really need to dissect that? And then so the other stuff, like hockey, for example, like, oh, by the way, the Bruins beat the Rangers three to two last night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And they would, yeah. and, And they got rid of the international stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't think I've seen I, I I've seen ESPN in the last couple of years. I don't think they cover any. They cover basketball. If they do cover international, John, it's usually football. You know, usually soccer. That's pretty yeah. much it. 
and even their soccer. But you can't even get. You can't even get. You but you can't get soccer coverage in the United. Like I would much rather watch the NBC Sports coverage of the Premier League than those clowns on ESPN. It's like they're just overhyped. You know. You know, that's the other thing we can't really hate on ESPN because that was also at the same time. Like, I want to hate on ESPN. And oh, I will. I'm totally, I, I can and I, and I will. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, and I agree. And I want to be involved in that yeah. bar fight. But I want to just bring a second perspective to it. Yeah. That also, ESPN also came to the regular streaming of local TV with Comcast getting involved mm-hmm. around that same time. Mm-hmm. Fox Sports. You know what I mean? Mountain and your Valley. FS1s and your FS2s. There's a ton. So ESPN was was doing it in an era where they were kind of biting off. So you, mm-hmm. you got a lot of inundation of sports. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were, maybe, just maybe, I don't. I still hate them, but I'm just saying maybe, just maybe they were trying to pull themselves away. Mm-hmm. Because I know CSN Philly, I to this day, I like CSN Philly. Oh, yeah. do a good job. Oh, yep, no doubt. Well, yeah. to, well they, Matt, they give me what I want. Yep. Matt, to your point about the talk shows, oh. I don't necessarily have a problem with that because CSN Philly ran Daily News Live for years. Great, great, or in the early, great show. Great Absolutely. show. But you know why it was a great show? Because they had real journalists yep. yeah. from the paper on the show and, and not guys just trying to make names for themselves nationally. And that's yeah. exactly what really that, turned me off with yeah. ESPN going on to that because then for me it was all about the introduction of pardon the interruption where you have your old man and your racist. And I will leave it to our audiences to figure out who's who because yeah. you can interchange either one oh, of them. No, you're absolutely and right. It doesn't matter who it is. They're either an old man or a racist, and that's it. You know, that's by the way, they're it. both old and they're both racist. Exactly, and you, I mean they interchange each other beautifully. But again, Steve, to your point, you're exactly right. I think Daily News Live for me was, you had your writers of like Marcus Hayes, you had all the other guys, but they were all local. That was the thing. What made it so great was the fact but, that they were all there and they were beat writers. That's a huge huge stuff for it i think that's why the athletic is so popular if you I go onto so. the athletic app all it is is a bunch of beat writers that's all it is and they're covering their teams and it's fantastic and you get your jason starks and you get you know all the other national guys but if you ever get a chance to go into that app it's fantastic it's love by the way jason stark needs love he never yeah. sold out no he did not he made more money. He never sold out. He never sold out. Jason Stark's one of the best ever. His writing and his interviews are the same from the 80s yes. that they are now. He never sold out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he there, are, there, are, there, are, there, are, there are a lot of them out there. Mm-hmm. There are also a lot of them terrible, like Ruben Frank. Um, <laughs> Ruben Frank sometimes can, can come across as an old man yelling at the cloud. Yeah. I mean, he really does. <laughs> Marcus Hayes sold out after a while. Yeah. Um, no, they were good in the beginning. They were good, but that maybe that's maybe that's what happens. Maybe it just dies out. It just dies. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it just does. Well. Um, but how do we make I'll, that? I'll give. I'm ahead. gonna. I'm now gonna reveal semi bias in this conversation, though. Oh, go for okay. it. Okay. That's yeah, fine. Go for it. Uh, just for full disclosure, so people understand. You know. Yep. Because they, they probably ought to know this. Uh, it's It irks me to this day that ESPN has like localized sites 
So it's got ESPN yep. Los Angeles. Washington. Yep. ESPN Washington. I believe there's an ESPN Dallas. There is. Bill, there is. Philadelphia has all four major sports yeah. leagues covered. Nowhere to be found. Well, you know why they won't do that? Because of Comcast. They won't go against. They won't go against the rate. They. I, I've. I've heard Miss Anelli say this because Fanatic was ESPN before it was the Fanatic before it was bought again. Mm-hmm. Mike Misnelli said it a bunch of times. They don't want to play here. ESPN because they can't put one of their mimic. They're mimic no. dudes oh, in true. there. No one's going to listen to them. Even though, funny, I'll disagree with Mike Missinelli because the highest rated show at one time in Philly was Golick and Greenberg. what's his name, the Greenberg. ESPN morning show, yeah. when when it was nine when, when it was nine fifty before it was ninety seven five. Thank you, thank you for reminding me. That was the one exception. I had That's the only and I'm a huge Philly radio fan. That's yeah. the only time the outside ever beat us. Yeah, mm. no doubt. Because Gataldi well, for well, I mean Gataldi, Gataldi for twenty my, like, years, years ago. On yeah. top. You couldn't put you couldn't put a national guy against him. No, but he he also lost his mind like 10, 12 years ago. So I mean, but that was guy. but that was after his twenty year run. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Like, yeah. He was that guy, and Missinelli's been that guy in drive time. Yeah. For a long time, for a you while. can't. You couldn't put a. You couldn't put a guy. You couldn't put John, Josh Ennis against him, mm-hmm. and Josh Ennis knows more about sports than anybody mm-hmm. on the planet. Yeah. But he couldn't even compete against Missinelli. Yeah. Because you just because Missinelli's Philly, and we're gonna back Missinelli. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, it's and we may disagree with him, and that's, that's fine. But he's Philly. Radio market works. You yeah. just put a dude out there that's Philly. We're just like we like him. Yeah, we may hate his guts, but yeah, exactly. Eskin yeah. made a forty-year career off of it. Nobody likes that dude. Exactly. I do. He bought me a beer at a at a Flyers game. He's he's gold to me for the rest of his life. <laughs> exactly. Um, further full disclosure: ESPN's coverage of hockey. Uh, is awful was was terrible yeah uh, i'm hoping they improve it now that they've got it back can but, i can uh, i knock on wood somewhere can i i hope i mean i i'm not gonna lie <laughs> when hot after hockey came back from their year lockout in 0405 and yeah. was on the outdoor life network yeah that didn't yeah. quite work <laughs> i was so thrilled it wasn't espn i was yeah. like I, no absolutely neil smith neil smith on the, the first broadcast was really yeah. creepy to me his creep me out but i'm like i'm sticking with this because it's not espn yeah and then it went to versus and then yeah then well, oln oln became versus versus that's right so, you know, you know i had fun. the hat by the way the i have one too do you really oh wow wow that's awesome oh i was hot we were hockeyed up at that point we were that's just weird. going for it yeah any broadcast of hockey at that point yeah exactly oh that so that reminds me the uh the i turned on espn in 2010 sports mm. center mm. saturday morning after the flyers completed the seven game comeback on boston on the boston it was actually the lead on sports center there you go which is oh, i will give them credit they recognized finally know. they recognized history yeah right. exactly wow i mean real quick to wrap it up gents uh what do you think would be the best thing we could do to change the network do we just reboot the whole thing yeah i think you gotta blow the whole thing up yeah, Start you over. gotta you gotta you look to, at sports. don't you? You gotta look sports in a different way. I would remove an ESPN totally yeah. and work on two things. 
people that want national, every league should have a national network where they promote their their brand. Whether it be even FIFA, like you should have FIFA TV. You should well, have, and to some have, extent they do, John. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but you need to use it in a better yeah. realm of that. Like that's on basic cable. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say because it's all premier channel stuff. Yeah. If you want to redefine sports, mm-hmm. you need to redefine it. Is okay. So everything is basic cable, mm-hmm. and then everybody has their local. Their local sports. Mm-hmm. You also have your your regular channel sports of your news, mm-hmm. and then you have a national show, which would be ESPN, that works with those networks and even the local networks, because you could create a national show but do Sports Center twenty four seven. Yeah, that's with, the only with way you good fix with it. good people with good people exactly yeah. with good people find good people do but do twenty four seven of them just doing the national headlines, national headlines, national headlines, but give people the ability because maybe Matt doesn't have the same amount of time I have in the morning Mm -hmm. to watch sports, right? Right. So Matt could cook on ESPN, catch it up. Maybe Steve, you've got an even more lax schedule. You could catch their morning show on CSN. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You got to develop everything for everybody at this point in the world because you're going to get things like this where we're just we're shitting on it yeah because, because it's not it what it once was and yeah exactly, exactly we can never go back to what it once was exactly. but we could certainly blow it up and just think like look you gotta get more sports heavy content on it that's what i would think that you would need to work that all three parties would need to work together in a okay. way mm-hmm. cable companies would definitely need to stop charging so much money oh so yeah. we could get well if you like fifa you should probably get a basic cable channel with mm-hmm. nothing but FIFA on it. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Steve. What were you going to say? Real quick. Oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense why you have to pay premium rates for something so simple as sports. Yeah. That, I think no, that's you have to, like, it has to be part of a package. Like, you've got, like, the MLB network on a separate pack. I mean, that doesn't yeah, make any sense. You don't need that. You like, don't need that. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. They need to stop. They need to stop controlling because we pay their salary. They don't pay ours. Yeah, exactly. So they, we need to stop that nonsense. Yeah. Well, gents, we've hit our happy. Uh, so let's talk uh, real brief. Um, Look, he got happy. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, we we kind of were like, oh, well, we don't have a ha- – usually with a happy segment, there's usually an inspirational video, really nice story. We don't have that this week. But we ended up talking a little bit in pre-production about – the books we like to read, and since we were talking, obviously, about the importance of reading and good compre- yeah. reading comprehension, oh, we thought we'd do a little quick roundtable on what books we've enjoyed over the course of our lives and why we enjoy reading in the first place, um, kind of along those lines. So I'll start yeah. with Mr. Murray. Sir, what would you say uh, would be, I guess, one or two books that you've really enjoyed over the course of your life here on this planet? It is really hard for me to pinpoint mm. uh, one or two. I've I've read a ton. I um, back when you know I was going to the office, mm. um, riding the train for a half an hour. I would I brought a book with me to read. Yep, because um, it seemed like a good use of the time. Decent idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've enjoyed. I've read about five uh, Ian Fleming Bond novels, okay. uh, which are easy reads. They're yeah. They're you can get into it. It's and it's they're not long. Um, they're great novels to read. 
Um, I read still, I read a lot of Stephen King. Mm. His stuff is good. Um, Salem's Lot was really long, but I had a real hard time putting it down. Down. Nice. Um, nice. Dead Zone, Running Man, they're all terrific. Um, mm. Shining, obviously. Mm. Uh, and I also read a lot of um, science fiction stuff. Mm. Um, Philip K. Dick is really good. Nice. Uh, he he wrote. Um, he's got a novel called a Scanner Darkly, which was really cool. Um, he writes also a lot of short stuff. Um, one of his short stories is called Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? That actually served as the inspiration for Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, That's awesome. now, his stuff his stuff is really good. H.G. Uh, Wells, um, Island of Dr. Moreau, The Time Machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what probably I'll finish with um, one of my favorite sci-fi guys. Is, his name is John Campbell. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if he has any novels. I've read I have a compendium called A New Dawn. Mm. Really good short stories. Um, there's nice. one called Blindness, which is really kind of, you know, the twist at the end of it is like, whoa, that's kind of messed up. Um, mm. But it's cool. And he also, uh, one of his short stories in there is also called Who Goes There, which was the basis for the movie The Thing. Nice. Uh, with wow. uh, Kurt Russell and Keith David. So that's Very awesome. Cool. Um, that's all. Right. That's, that's good stuff. That is absolutely good stuff. Yeah, John, any uh, any books fancy you? Oh, I've kind of been all over the place. I'm a yeah. more of a I'm a more of a biography guy. Oh, okay. I like to read uh, Artie Lang's book. Uh, was something I read like a year ago that I I'm enthralled in people and how the hell you made it through. Yeah. And if you're willing to write a book about it, I'll totally, totally listen to it. My favorite book of all time is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's five novels in one. It took me forever to read, but I could never put it down. There you that go. was that was the best part about. It. I think it, it, not even the story. I mean, the story's funny. It's British humor, and that's my thing. But yeah. the fact that it was the one and only book in my life that I was just like, okay, I'm done reading. Oh wait a minute, I just need to know what happens. <laughs> like it just, I, I kept picking it up, and yeah, that kind of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy made me fall in love with reading. I'm a short story writer and a reader, big mm. time. I love short stories. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. something. If you don't like reading, mm. go, and, and that's me. Go like, I don't story. Like read yeah. for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Short stories are amazing. Yeah. There's yep. a million people that write short stories, even on the internet. Instagram, I follow like 12 of them. I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. But they're like little quips of just like quick little stories that just make me smile. Reading's fun. It We're really trying is. to get people off the devices, John. Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, it, as long as if you're reading, you're fine. Don't yep. look at working and don't look at uh, <laughs> exactly. Don't look at the ads trying to sell you plants. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. For me, I would have to. I mean, it runs the gamut. Like my, many of what you guys have already said. I mean, of course, the classics, Catcher in the Rye, of course, would be mm. one, and you know, Great Gatsby. And that's a, that's a, was a great book. It's such a great book. You know, you'd read that mostly in high school, of course. But outside of that, um, you know, Lion Witch of the Wardrobe. I mean, C.S. Lewis. You can't go wrong with C.S. Lewis. Uh, for me, I've always been a huge fan of his, and not just that, but Mere Christianity has been a great book for me to read as well. Did you read? Did you read all the? Uh... Just Lion. The, just the Lion. Just the Lion. I have not read Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I've not read Prince Caspian and the other books that he's had in his quick, collection. Quick question. The, yeah. the, the one you always quote on the podcast. Hmm. Uh, what was his name? About media. Oh, God. 
Oh, I can't even remember. Yeah, I can't think. You you quoted a, a Postman's book. Oh, Neil Postman. Yeah. Yes. yes. Music That's another great to one. Death. That is an excellent book. If you ever, that is. I totally forgot about it. Matt turned me on to that during the such podcast. A great book. And I read that. It was phenomenal. It, it, basically, it, Steve, I don't know if you've read it, but it's a terrific uh, real look into the media. And he writes it during the 1980s, uh, during the height of the Reagan administration, essentially. And he was spotting, like, essentially it's a book about, like, how we have entertained ourselves through the mass media. Uh, and basically where you have, like, your typical news broadcast has your very handsome guy, your beautiful chick next to you on the right, kind of just talking a little bit about flowers and all kinds of neat, other neat stories. Then you have your sports guy in the corner drinking, like, beer and smoking a cigar going, what the hell's going on with the team? And then you have your weather dude who's got his pointer. He's like, well, I think it's going to supposed to be rain over here. And we're all entertained by it. And none of it is just like, it, it is an ex beautiful expose into just the mm -hmm. showmanship of the media as opposed to giving you the actual hard facts of the news. And I thought it was just, it was a fantastic book. Very short book. Probably about a couple hundred pages, yeah, but yeah. really good expose. I, I had never, like, I, was, I didn't know you know, anything like, about oh. That's what reading, by the way, reading is fundamental because I knew nothing about that. And Matt kept bringing it up. And I was like, well, I got to check that out. Read it. And I was like. Stunned. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> exactly, but yeah. It, it really and is that, an amazing. That's thing. what read. Yeah. That's what reading is, though. Me and my wife throw things back. We do it more with movies hmm. than we do it with reading. We've thrown some things back where we had deep intellectual conversations after we've like shared a movie yeah. whether it be me to her or her, her to me yeah. and we we've spent a lot of time just like oh i understand why that like that makes sense or that like like blah, blah, I, I totally see what you see and then i saw this and then there's more like especially when you when you look into art and reading is important but movies can be it doesn't share anything with anybody yeah. you can get such a great concept from that because you, really you don't can. know, I didn't know Matt knew who Postman was. Yeah. He read it. He saw it that way. I read it. I saw it a different way, mm. not majorly different, but I saw it in different ways. We actually wrote podcasts kind of yeah. with that same concept. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just amazing to. It's really stunning. Yeah. yeah. It really is great. Yeah. Get off the phones unless you're watching two noobs. Read books unless you're watching two noobs. And watch us talk about books. Yes. Right. <laughs> Read the Necronomicon. It's fantastic. Yes. There you go. Feed exactly. us, but don't, don't, the other people, no, don't. Well, gents, that's it. Episode 43 in the can. And, so we didn't, uh, we didn't plan this, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hijack Matt real quick. Oh, there you go. Do you, do you remember all the entrants? Can you do it? Can you do all the stuff we're on? Off the top of your head. Me? Yes. Can you do it? Lead oh, it. Go ahead. Throw oh, it to me man. and Matt. Whatever you decide. We'll just go blind. Go ahead. <laughs> on top of your head. Come on. Make it. Make uh, it. Come all on, right. Make it. Uh, we start with audio, right? No, video, 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 video. Uh, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, TikTok. Um, and something where you do. Clapper, 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 yeah, clapper. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Those are all short videos. Intended to lead you to the main YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. That's right. Where we love it for you to like, share, and subscribe. Three simple words, but obviously do all of those things. We would obviously love it. And of course, John, the audio side. 
Audio side. All right, we are on Apple Podcasts as best we can because I was late on Podbean this week. So you will see these two <laughs> probably at the same time. Uh, <laughs> we are on Apple Podcast or no, Google Podcast, Google Chrome, mm. that thing I can't pronounce. Lav. Yes, thank you. You're um, welcome. So hard. Yeah. 16,000 other things were on iHeartRadio. <laughs> Spotify sucks. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love it. And of course, our show notes, uh, there, of course, can be found to noobstalking.wordpress.com. You enter in your email address, you can submit that. And of course, the show notes show up in your inbox the very next day. I'll cool. scan this in for your show notes. How's there you it? go. There you go. Awesome. Links to everything that we no, mentioned before are, will be there as well. So we hope you enjoy it. Jens, that's it. 44 in the can. Did you make it? Right. I, I hope I did. Okay, cool. Do we have anything final to say? We are in the rabbit hole. Oh, God. God help us all. Uh, Talk to y'all next week. Take care. This country was founded by geniuses. But it's being run by a bunch of idiots. Why do the members of the United States Senate continue to double down on stupid?